This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Peter Chang, Vice President of Healthcare Design at Tampa General Hospital. Dr. Chang, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare, and really, I know Tampa General is on the forefront of many different things. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I'm a hospitalist by training, so board certified in internal medicine. Um, and I actually did all my training here in Tampa at the University of South Florida, all the way through uh, from undergrad, all the way to being on faculty as an academic hospitalist. And it was an interesting story. Epic went live when I was an academic hospitalist just in my first year um, at our institution, and I loved it. It was a great transition from paper to electronic medical record and kind of fell in love with technology and healthcare. Um, and a few years later, sort of tripped and fell into the chief medical informatics officer position at Tampa General. Um, really did a lot of cool, innovative things there, was, approached it from the perspective of I had never really held an administrative position before, no MHA, no MBA, but uh, they took a gamble and gave me a shot, and I had uh, the most amazing time, I think, uh, you know, up to that point in my career as, as the CMIO. Um, but what ended up happening is I got pulled into operations quite a bit, and I got handed a, a length of stay reduction initiative from our CFO. Um, and did really well with that. And, you know, a while back, I thought about this harebrained idea of a clinical command center that basically operates the, not only the operations of the hospital, but the clinical quality. Um, and as a doc, that's the most important thing to me. And so I got the opportunity to sort of transition out of that CMIO role and uh, be, the, be the VP of our command center. CARECOM and did that for about four years all the way through COVID. And it was an interesting transition because I reached a point in my career where I figured out I'm going to put in a ton of effort and we'll see gains as far as reduction in length of stay and increased efficiencies and better quality. But more patients are getting added to our health system every day than we can discharge um, from an inpatient perspective. And it's a really interesting conundrum in that you know, not many hospitals around the country are experiencing that. We're lucky to have that issue with the population growth and market share growth in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and it's a good problem, but a problem we need to solve. And I said, well, we can't really tackle this from inpatient efficiency. We got to look at making sure to get the patient to the right care at the right time. And a lot of the problems that we have is around care coordination. And so I kind of figured, well, how about I take the patient out of the hospital altogether, just than just trying to reduce the length of stay. Uh, and that led me into my current role. So I had talked to my CEO about it and he said, well, what are your ideas? And he was extremely supportive. John is an amazing leader. And he said, um, well, let's do something. So I had kind of written something up about the VP of care transformation was my original title. Um, and then really funny story, he went to South by Southwest uh, two years ago and saw a, a design group led by um, the head of design at IBM and Ford. Um, and he came back to me and he said, Pete, your, new, your title needs to have design somewhere in it. Um, and hence, there is the evolution of the VP of healthcare design at Tampa General. Wow, that's fascinating. I don't think I've ever heard somebody uh, on the podcast mention that their title potentially was inspired by a South by Southwest connection. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny, but, you know, when you start to look, I think that's one thing we're really lacking in healthcare is the idea of the design element and the user experience. Um, so, much, so often healthcare is centered around the system and not the patient. 
Um, so this really gives us a, a unique opportunity to differentiate ourselves. That's a really great point. And, you know, I love that focus because it certainly seems like that's where things are trending um, and really important for hospitals and health systems to make sure that they're adapting uh, to the needs in, in, um, of, of their community and their patients. Now, with that in mind, what opportunities and headwinds do you have your eye on right now? Um, for the things that I'm focused in on right now um, is really trying to scale care coordination. As I as spoke about in the introduction, um, how do we per, how do we provide personalized healthcare navigation to every single patient? Almost like if my family member was admitted to the hospital, of course it's my hospital system, and I can guide them through that process um, because I know it. But how do we provide that level of service to every single patient that navigates our health system? Um, that's really the priority and make it scalable, right? That's really the challenge. Yes, I can do it one by one, but how do we do it for tens or hundreds of thousands of patients in our community? Um, I would say that is my primary goal. But of course, I don't think I can ignore the elephant in the room when we talk about the headwinds that hospital systems are facing around the country from a staffing and economic reimbursement perspective. That's a really great point and definitely something that I know a lot of organizations are keeping in mind with those financial challenges. But even with the current situation, it's so important to continue to look to the future and think about you know what growth will look like and how to add value to the organization what do you, I guess, in your role, what does that mean for you? How do you really, are you able to add value to Tampa General, especially considering some of the challenging financial and economic times we're in? Yeah, I mean, and like I said earlier, it's really, it's a good problem for us to have because a thousand families move to Florida every day. Um, and the larger cities like Tampa receive a lot of those families. And so we're having a lot of population growth in the area, which is amazing for the community um, and, and the state, but at the same time, we have to be able to provide care for these patients. So I see that as really our challenge. So our growth is very strategic. We know as uh, we have limited margins as other health systems do, we don't have a war chest of money sitting around to acquire groups, to expand, to buy more practices, to buy locations and brick and mortar real estate. So we're really looking at things from an innovative perspective at, at who we can partner with um, to improve healthcare in our community. And that's a broad statement. And it really means anyone that wants to partner with us where we feel that both organizations or companies would benefit. Um, and I think if we can come to that mutual agreement, those are the things that would both add growth and value not only to our own health systems or companies, but most importantly, the community and our patients. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think going back to your title of healthcare design, I can imagine what healthcare looked like five years ago, especially a lot of inpatient and in, in, in focus on the hospital itself um, is changing. What, I guess, do you see along those lines? How do you see that idea of healthcare design in, in what healthcare looks like growing and developing uh, right now and moving forward? Yeah, it's, it's a great question because I'm still figuring it out as we go along. And, um, you know, my opening statement around, you know, designing a user experience around a patient, kind of an interesting uh, phenomenon. I made a LinkedIn post a couple of months ago on um, the, the, the people that come through our health system. Are they patients or are they consumers? 
Um, and so, you know, as we start to look at the on, uh, outlook for the future, um, there's a couple of theories I have on why um, patients aren't consumers yet. Um, they don't really have a lot of insight into the cost or the management of costs for their health care, right? That's mainly shattered by the government or by employers and to some extent them with their premiums and co-pays. Um, and at the same time, patients don't necessarily want to consume health care. Um, and to me, that's the biggest opportunity that we would have also around care coordination is patient engagement. So, you know, everyone that um, wants to go to a football game buys a ticket because they want to see their team play and they show up and they spend their money and they have a great time. Uh, on the healthcare side, it depends on the scenario, but generally people aren't jumping up and down to go to their physician's office or, or, or to an emergency department. Um, they're going to them because they need to. And so if we can really change that paradigm of engagement to say, we want you to access better health, not because you need to, because you want to. It's at that critical pivot point that I think our patients become, become consumers. Um, and unfortunately, value-based care is not um, widespread in the Southeast. And so we're still largely fee-for-service. And so it makes it an interesting environment because the incentive has to be there for engagement from the patient perspective. Um, so as we start to look at, um, you know, risky things, we have to do them in a way where we almost have to imagine we have a crystal ball and say, what is healthcare going to be like in our market in five years? And then go ahead and execute on some of those ideas, um, knowing that it could be a risk. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's just so interesting to think through um, what you 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 need to do today in order to prepare yourself for that reality of when um, in, in creating that kind of system of people wanting to be healthy and live healthier lives. And um, that's just so fascinating. I love the way you put that. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I'm wondering where do you see some of the best opportunities for growth and development in the future? Um, at home care, um, I really, you know, I, it was interesting, funny story with our CEO. I had a diagram of our system of care and I walked into his office one day and I said, I, I don't really like this diagram because of these reasons. And he said, all right, big shot. Well, tell me what you, what you have in mind. Um, and I created a diagram in which the patient is at the center, but not necessarily the home is at the center with the patient in it. Um, and all of the things that surround a patient's home uh, contribute to how they're going to access, consume, and deal with their health, right? That's their food insecurities, transportation issues, the support system, who lives with them, what their job is, and how that plays a role in their health. Um, you know, so many different aspects other than just saying the patient's in the middle. Um, you really have to paint the whole picture, and that whole picture is the home. Um, and so, you know, we recently started uh, a very successful hospital at home program. Um, we're looking, we purposely named it um, TGH at home because we see the at home care going well beyond the bounds of hospital at home. Um, and so we're looking at designing different programs around how are we going to take primary care to the home? How are we going to do all of these other disruptive things? Um, to seize that opportunity um, and continuing to um, have the support from the CEO is huge because that allows us to at least provide some investments um, into the service. When the public health emergency expires in May, we were hoping that the hospital at home waiver wouldn't. Um, but luckily, in the recent package that was rolled out over the holiday, 
we got a two-year extension on hospital at home. So those things give us the best opportunity moving forward to use those funds to invest in at-home care, collect data, and really prove out the use case, which is really how it all starts. Um, but we really feel that at-home care is the future and you know, driving those higher acuity patients into our hospital um, is a great thing because we have to make space for those patients. But at the same time, if somebody doesn't need to be in the hospital, um, and we could, they could receive the same, if not better, standard of care at home. We're all for it. Fascinating. Dr. Ching, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such an interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. All right. Sounds great. Uh, very, very honored by the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it.